Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Okay, friends, here we are at the end of August. And even though summer is coming to a close, I do have a bunch of exciting new conversations coming your way this fall. Starting with this week, we have dynamic interior stylist and author Anne Lynn joining us for a conversation on her beautiful new book, Forever Home, moving beyond brokenness to build a strong and beautiful life. Maybe some of you have come across Anne's story before, as her popular devotional content and interior design stylings can be found on YouTube, Instagram, and even TikTok. On those platforms, she shares a lot about her DIY projects she's done within her own 1940s fixer-upper. Or maybe you've even heard of her online lifestyle shop, The Huga Shop, which she's founder and CEO of. Anne's story, though, is certainly a moving one, and she shares a lot of that in her new book, Forever Home, where she details her family's move from Vietnam to the States when she was a little girl, to the chaos that ensued upon her father's diagnosis with cancer, and how his passing impacted her family dynamic. Anne also details her own struggles growing up with anxiety and navigating through toxic relationships in her life. And despite these obstacles, though, Anne explains in the book how her life changed one night when she experienced a profound encounter with Jesus while undergoing a traumatic situation. In finding her faith, Anne was also able to find and become more secure in herself. And in building a forever home with God, she was ultimately able to become more grounded with her own spirit. In telling this story, Anne offers tips for those embarking on a path of healing and self-love, and she shares her resources and meditative and faith-filled guides to help you get through that process as well. I am so happy to have Anne on to share her powerful story with you today. Guys, I found this book absolutely enlightening, and learning from Anne's story and the wisdom and advice she offers up, I found it to be really powerful. I'm just looking forward to hearing it. So let's get into it. You know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Well, Anne, I am just so thrilled to have you on to chat about your book, Forever Home. Um, First off, just how are you doing? Thank you for coming on as well. Oh, I'm so honored to be here and chatting with you, Catherine. I am doing well. I'm finally feeling settled in the new house because last year was a transition year for me. I know you're going through a transition right now. It's not easy, but it does come to an end. So we're at the settling point and I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> it's transitions are hard. Like it, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, I think change in and of itself is exciting promising, but also scary and stressful. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, I, I totally can, can relate to all that, but, um, I, (laughs) I know you've had a lot going on in your life and I've loved just over the past few weeks, you know, I I've read your book. I've looked more into your story, your beautiful life, um, that you share online. Um, and then also just a lot of the, you know, the, window to the world that you basically open up, um, not just within this book, but also online. Um, For those who aren't familiar with your platform and sort of how you got started in making these devotional videos on YouTube and sort of how that transgressed into a career, would you mind just, (laughs) I guess, giving a little bit of an intro into your life and sort of what prompted you to begin this journey um, with creating this kind of content online? Yeah. So I never imagined that I would be in the interior design slash faith slash mental health niche, um, especially because I majored in English. So I was going a completely different path academically, but as life would have it after I graduated, I moved back to my mom's house and realized just how, kind of toxic that environment was for me. Um, And so I saved money to move out. And I, of course, didn't have much at the time. So I moved into kind of the outskirts of LA. And it was really quite scary where I lived, especially as a single younger woman. So I just spent one full paycheck redecorating the entire space and took a picture and put it on Instagram for fun. And it went viral. And I just thought, wow, this could be a fun hobby. And of course, from there, you know, the sponsorships came in and that's how I was able to monetize. But eventually, I burnt out from that too. So I picked up YouTube as kind of this um, new creative challenge that I wanted to have. And I really wanted to incorporate my faith in a more substantial way than I did with Instagram. So visually from my videos, you'll see me decorating my house and gardening and doing all of that like um, homemaking stuff. But audibly, I'm telling you ancient stories from the Bible and my own daily reflections. And somehow it just caught on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it's it is kind of catchy in in the way <laughs> in which you um, have been able to kind of display your whether it be your artistic abilities. Because oh. let's be honest, oh my goodness, like the, the <laughs> stuff you're always posting. I mean, it's beautiful and like what you can do. It's it's incredible. Um, and the way you've Thank been able you. to transform spaces. I loved personally. I personally loved your um the behind the scenes you did for your wedding and Uh. that was, it was so cool to watch and I'm going to have to leave the link, uh, you know, Uh. description for everybody. Um, but one of the other things that I think is so interesting and that really caught my eye about your story is the way you approach your faith, but also show others how they can in a very easy, um, at their own pace, if you will, approach Mm. their own faith or spirituality. And Mm. I think um, just the way in which you kind of open, I mean, for myself, right, as I'm I'm a woman of faith, I'm a Christian, I'm Catholic specifically, but the way in which, uh, because I think it's very, when you grow up, especially because I grew up um, you know, in a, in a Catholic home. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go to Catholic school, but I would go to like the catechism classes and stuff as a kid. And I feel like religion, it can be something that's very like 
regimented, a set Mm -hmm. of obviously rules to follow. um, But it can, I feel like when people say practice your religion, it can have almost like a negative connotation in the sense where Mm. that's a, it's a big job, like to to Mm. practice your faith and, and to consistently practice your faith. But Mm. I think um, for me, reading your book and the way in which, and we're going to get into the book in a second, Mm -hmm. but the way you sort of structured this book and talking about building a home and Mm -hmm. how that relates to the individual and how that relates to someone's faith, I think was such an interesting concept because it it kind of just, for me, it made me hone in on like faith is all around me and God's love is all around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I choose to embrace that is in my own time. It's my, like, it's my, you know, mm-hmm. opportunity and my sort of decision to embrace that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess, how then did writing this book come about and why, like, why was now the time in your life before we get into, I guess, what the book all entails, how did, like, what, what made you decide to write it? Yeah. So in the book, as you know, I I show you ways in which you can move forward from your trauma, essentially by building beautiful spaces, both internally and externally in your life. And I came about that idea when I looked back on my life and realized what kind of, um, I guess, value I can add to (laughs) my audience and to the world. Um, What kind of idea hasn't been really done yet? And I just looked around and thought, wow, well, I've moved like a bajillion times already. And um, in those many, many transitions, I've learned how to um, really maximize my resources um, in a way that served me, in a way that um, allowed me to feel safer and uh, kind of created this uh, environment of healing for myself. So I thought if I was able to replicate that over and over, no matter what city I lived in or what kind of house and or environment I lived in, surely I can write about that process and create kind of this guidebook to help others do the same. And it's not always about spending a ton of money to um, make your house look more beautiful, even if that helps, even though, you know, resources might help. I think it all comes down to knowing yourself better and doing that reflection to see what you need um, so that you can build a space that serves you instead of creating a space that is chaotic for you or that you feel like you have to continuously clean up and serve this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's interesting to hear. It was really just a lot of the changes that were happening in your life with moving so much and all that sort of prompted that inspiration for building and building Mm. this forever home for yourself. But in the book, you also explore and and share the story of, you know, a lot of earlier parts of your life and Mm -hmm. your experiences, you know, growing up with mental health within your family, your own personal journey with mental health. Um, And I not only was that, I mean, so like such a beautifully vulnerable, you know, moment that you sort of open up to the world and and in sharing that. Um, But I guess topics like mental health and even religion in itself, like they aren't really spoken about in such Mm -hmm. great detail. And you chose Mm -hmm. to do that in this book. Why was that sort of important to you to kind of, I guess, 
for mental health specifically to sort of open Mm. up um, sort of your journey with that and share that with the world? Yeah. So I, for, for me personally, I feel like faith is such a crucial aspect of who I am. It, it permeates into every aspect of my life just because I proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. So if he is not Lord and Savior, then he is nothing. So um, that really prompted me to reflect back on my decisions and how I can go about living in a way that truly exalts him as Lord and Savior. So I did that by kind of thinking about how I can possibly incorporate my hobbies and not only that, but my ways of healing to um, to really allow God to speak into those, uh, into those areas of my life. And if it weren't for Jesus, I truly wouldn't even be here right now. There were so many moments in my adolescence, um, that I felt like I didn't, I wouldn't have had a future, but when I encountered him in 2010, I believe I felt like I really had a second chance at life. And that was when I started trying in school again. Um, but of course, after I graduated, I hit a huge low, a second low point. And again, I encountered him this way, this time in a much more realistic way, um, in a way that was not, you know, filtered by my rose colored glasses, so to speak. Um, and I really had to deconstruct my faith and allow him to rebuild it in a way that was more honoring to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of documented it in the, in the book, how you saw me kind of had felt like I had everything again, the second chance at life and then seeing it all crumble because of trauma and then how Jesus helped hold my hands through the healing journey and allowed me to see the world for what it is and see him for who he is and how I can live in such a broken world with a more restored mindset. Mm-hmm. Well, I think back to even, um, you know, what I was saying earlier about, so my takeaway from this was how you really opened at least my eyes to Mm. how faith is really all around us. And we talked about God's love earlier being, you know, consistently around us. It's just us opening up our hearts to embrace Mm. that and to accept Mm. that and acknowledge that his presence is there, that he's always watching over us. Um, And I think looking at sort of the journeys that you share with, you know, your mental health and your struggles with anxiety. I mean, I, over the past, I had talked about, I think in previous uh, episodes just this year with my uh, doing a master's program and working and moving, it's, it's stressful. And to say there were, you know, there were definitely some, some anxious times in there. Um, Mm. And I think, it was funny because after reading sort of your experiences with that in the book and how it took sort of reaching those breaking points of just feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders and then bam, like that love is there. Mm. It's such a, it's such an interesting way in which it works. And I find myself now, especially this past year, like I said, there's been so much change. It's those moments where I'm not necessarily like looking to pray Mm. or looking to, you know, 
practice my, my faith, mm-hmm. like one day and, and just having, um, moments of surprise, I guess, where mm-hmm. it's in those moments where, you know, like I said, like not going to pray, but then feeling sort of God's love. I, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's those moments of surprise. And I really related to that in the book. When you talk about, um, most specifically, you talk about, uh, a moment when you were in high school and mm-hmm. in um in the back of the car and that was sort of just your <laughs> truly your coming to Jesus moment yeah. um and it's again like a moment that you didn't anticipate it mm-hmm. kind of came out of nowhere um but once it was there it was just like what a feeling yeah absolutely i still remember that very visceral experience and um since then i haven't had a more, you know, tangible experience of God's embrace. But that one time was more than enough to convince me that he is real because I was not searching for religion. I was not searching for help at all. Actually, I was just crying, devastated in the back of that car because I had lost my first love and my home life was a mess and I didn't know what to do. And in my darkest moment, Jesus reached out to me through a vision of Um, the painting of him that my mom erected on my childhood altar. And um, from that moment on, I realized that there must be someone out there who created me for a reason, who loved me so much that he would reach out to me when I was at my darkest um, and save me. Um, And that's why my hope is that by reading the book, it can kind of be a guidebook to help you restore your sense of peace that has been hijacked by trauma or mental illness of any sort. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is a guidebook. And I think the way you've been able to sort of incorporate the tellings of your own story and Mm -hmm. then your, what you've learned from that and then how you act on it today and how others can also try and apply those same actions into their lives Mm -hmm. if they choose. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, so just in terms of, you know, just having mentioned some of those low moments of of your life when you were feeling really low and then mm. you you find God's embrace and then you're able to kind of hone in on what it is you need to persevere through those dark times. Mm. Um, what were some of those teachings, those lessons that you picked up on as an individual to kind of get out of those low points in life. Um, Mm. And yeah, just ultimately, like, what are, I guess, what advice do you have on how, um, you know, you were able to sort of pull yourself out of situations? Yes. So if I were to advise anybody, it would be to embrace the demolition process. And I speak a little bit about this, um, about what it means in the book, but Um, When you stand amidst a construction site, it could be extremely unnerving and unsettling because it's loud, it's dirty, it's chaotic, and it's so messy that you don't, you can't even imagine it being better. And that's kind of what it feels like when you're in the thick of it, you know, you can't see the end of the struggles because everything around you just looks so far from (laughs) what it should be. Mm -hmm. But I think even though it might feel like a teardown at first, only when you demolish something, can you rebuild something new and better. So when you're in the deconstruction or demolition phase, 
see it as a sign that ah things are changing because if i don't tear this down right now if god did not tear this down for me even unwillingly mm-hmm. i might have been trapped in this environment that did not serve me and did not allow me to heal so even though it looks far beyond repair have faith that it's you're on the right track you're exactly where you need to be for a real change to happen Mm-hmm. And I think there's something really beautiful about building building something from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you've been able to sort of show that imagery through like the building of a house. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much takeaway with that though, because you talk about like building your own house yes. and yeah. all the different challenges you encountered and how you know you were able to kind of face those fears because building a home is stressful as all can be. Yes. <laughs> um and I think there's so many there's so much symmetry from building a, like you talk about like having a good mm-hmm. foundation. And Mm -hmm. what that means for not just a home, but also for yourself, having a Mm -hmm. good foundation within. Um, And just, I I, I think I really loved the the kind of parallels that you illustrated throughout the book of, you know, doing this home renovation project and also like a self renovation project. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that was exactly what it is. Yeah, because after demolishing the house, you really had to start with the foundation of it all. And when you um, kind of brought up how even during times of anxiety, you can now ground yourself in knowing that God is there. That is a kind of like relational permanence that you have when you build a more secure relationship with someone. So um, they say that by like age three or something, something like that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you should have this cognitive understanding of object permanence, which means that if your mom or dad holds your toy in front of you and then they hide it behind them, you wouldn't freak out because you would know that that object is still there. Now, the same thing relates to relational permanence. If your mom and dad goes out to take out the trash or something, you should feel secure that they're going to come back. But so many adults haven't really learned that because they have been you know, they have been exposed to um, inconsistent parenting or traumatic childhood memories that um, really mess with their relational security. And so when we learn to build a new foundation upon God's love, we learn how to establish that more secure relationship with him, where we can know that he is here, even when we don't see him or feel him, because we see his fingerprints all throughout our lives. And it's evident that he's there in other ways. Mm-hmm. And even to, you know, one of the things I love too about like near the, and not to spoil everything about this, book, yeah. <laughs> but um, you also talk about the importance of decorating your home and mm-hmm. what that does sort of for yourself. If you wouldn't mind sharing just a little for those who, again, like don't really follow your journey, who are new to you and your story, um, mm-hmm. because I brought up your pages earlier and how beautiful and wonderful they are. Like there's <laughs> such an aesthetic. <laughs> if you Thank wouldn't you. mind sharing, I guess, a little bit about um, what decorating your spaces mean to you and how that sort of helped you um, with your spirituality, with your peace, mm. um, and mm. just your overall well-being and wellness. Yeah. So I would recommend starting with creating dedicated nooks 
in your home. You don't have to tackle an entire room at a time. Just create a nook that is beautiful, that is just for you, and is a place where you can have your quiet time with the Lord or just journal with yourself. For example, my place of peace is um, my tea station. I created this little like um, tea corner for myself where I can have that morning and night routine and really be present when I'm doing it. Um, and then I also have my place of hope, which is um, the altar that I DIY <laughs> upstairs. Um, I use this like canvas and plaster and then I, put the plaster on a cross and it's just kind of this minimalist um, version of an altar. And that's where I feel really peaceful to um, and really free to be honest with God and just have those more intimate moments with the Lord. Um, and so you can do little spaces like that throughout your home where you can walk by throughout the day and be reminded that, Oh, wow, this space is mine. And I, I do have, a place where I can go to for self-care. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really important. I think too, because, um, I mean, oh my gosh, have I talked about on this podcast, how important self-care is, but <laughs> I think creating spaces for self-care is really mm -hmm. important. Um, and you know, whatever that may be, whether it's doing, you know, having a space in your bathroom with all your, you know, cosmetic yep. products and everything to do like a face mask at the end of the day or a tea mm -hmm. corner or just a little nook where you can go to read or go to pray. Um, uh, I think that's, that's so important. And, um, mm -hmm. the household, cause the household gets so cluttered with yes. just life. Right. And I mm -hmm. think just having a space. Uh, where you can go to kind of decompress uh, mm -hmm. is that doesn't necessarily have to be the bed or the couch or wherever you're laying down, but mm -hmm. to just have a space where you can go to decompress to kind of shut off or to tune into your own emotions, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. I really enjoyed, you know, hearing you talk about like how you really just took different parts of your house and sort of encapsulated um, mm -hmm. them to have all these different parts of yourself in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, our home is kind of the extension of our creativity and the extension of ourselves. Even it's such a personal and intimate space that so, so often I feel like the American capitalist like, like system <laughs> kind of encourages us to fill the space with as many like as many junks as possible yeah, like but, I'm thinking like the yeah, wooden tracks and yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like a ton of things that might you know spark your interest in the moment but in the long run it just creates clutter and for your brain so I think um, being intentional with what you bring into your home um, and seeing how how much value it can add to your life in a long-term basis will do a world of difference mm-hmm well, yeah, and I don't want to give too much away, um, more <laughs> away about the book, but uh, ultimately, like, and I'd love to know. So, we talked about earlier, you know, you you really dive deep into a lot of your personal life and your your upbringing, um, and just the lessons you've learned throughout life, especially just throughout the pandemic. You reference in the book. And mm -hmm. um, just, you know, navigating just through difficult chapters of your life. And I think I so as a reader, I so appreciated your vulnerability and um, all that you were willing to share, because I think for me, I very much found it, um, you know, I was very much able to relate to it. Um, 
but I'd love to ask, like having sort of poured a bunch of yourself onto paper and shared, you know, yourself with the world in this way, um, through, through writing this book, what are you hoping that people will ultimately take away from your story? And then Mm. I want to get into a follow-up of that. What have you ultimately taken away from that experience? Mm. You know, actually, can I just read a quote straight from the book? Because I feel like it answers this question perfectly. Of course you can. Um, (laughs) So the one thing, if nothing else that you can take from the book, the one thing I hope that you can, you know, take away is that you are not doomed to a miserable life because of your painful past. There's still hope for you, no matter what you did or what has been done to you. And I truly hope that the book will be your greatest ally on your journey of healing. Beautiful, beautiful. And then I guess, you know, for yourself, like I said, the follow-up, what ultimately, like having gone through this experience, what is your, what are your feelings after having done this? And like, Mm -hmm. what did you personally take away from it all? My personal takeaway is that life with Jesus is going to be an adventure and it's never going to end. Even after death, it doesn't end. So if you're in for adventure, then you can be sure that your relationship with Jesus will be a wild and fun and worthwhile ride. (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I really, I so loved, um, you know, diving into this book and and learning more about your beautiful story and uh, the things you're doing online. And I guess just to circle back to that and the content you're creating, like what's next in store, do you think, uh, for sort of the, the projects you're going to continue to work on, the things you're creating? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what are you hoping out of this next chapter, now having a book written and (laughs) um, putting that out into the world. Yeah, I'm truly living the dream right now. I never imagined that this would happen. So I'm still pinching myself every day um, to even have a book. What a thought. But um, I think my next dream is to um, help either low-income families or families who are just mentally and emotionally incapacitated and overwhelmed, too overwhelmed to make over their own space. So um, my first one is actually going to be this coming weekend. Um, I'm going to help a local family um, make over uh, one of the family members' bedrooms. Um, They've been going through a lot recently, and I just thought that it would be so meaningful to gift this to them um, because they are too overwhelmed to create that space for themselves. So, yeah, that's what I would be hoping that my, you know, platforms would be leading to is just helping people who can't really help themselves right now. That's beautiful. I love that you've been able and I know you reference a little bit of that um just in the book with, you know, Mm -hmm. working on especially your house project and how you Mm -hmm. want to like continue to do more like renovations like that and working on more um, interior design and, and, and so forth. But I think that's really amazing that you've been able to kind of line up your passion with also service Mm -hmm. because what just an awesome combination to combine the two and um, you know, with, your gifts, uh, whether it be decorating and creating 
And then to hopefully do that for other people, I think is so wonderful. So props Thank to you. you. <laughs> Thank you. It Service makes everything so much more meaningful. So I'm getting, I'm getting something out of it too. It's just, it's like a very like a uh, win-win situation for everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, truly. Um, So you actually did inspire me to like bite the bullet. Cause I, like I said, I had moved to a neighborhood and trying to, uh, you know, moving to a new neighborhood in a country where I don't really know that many people to begin with, because I moved, oh, wow. um, I moved to uh, London here in the UK. <gasps> Oh, wow. I know. I know. (laughs) Wow. And that's a beautiful space. Look at those curtains. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's been really, it's been exciting, but I think, um, yeah, moving to a new city and kind of just uprooting your life like that. I Uh thought, how can I like participate Mm. in, (laughs) in my community and Mm. meet people? and also just like do some like growing of myself I I love to just constantly be trying to expand you know my my interests and what I do and uh you know I was reading the book and I looked more into your platform and saw the things you do for service and I had been thinking like I should reach out to local organizations wow so yep I put it on my my list this week I am like officially gonna like reach out to some some local organizations. Cause I think to like service. Um, and that's what I've been telling myself is there's always, I feel like as, as people, like we always have a bunch of things we want to do and it's like, Oh, we never have the time for them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, here I am now. I, not that I necessarily have the time to do these things, but <laughs> I, I make like the time. I, yeah. I make the time because I have a really good reason to, um, to mm-hmm. just really get involved in a new area and a new place. So, um, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to applaud you for like the work you're doing in that realm because, (laughs) uh, you know, a lot of people take away from that. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I know you're following online. You have so many people that are so inspired by your story and I just think like, keep it up. So thank you. Thank you. Wow. You are really out here being his hands and feet. And I have no doubt that your service toward others will really build your own faith. Because there's nothing quite like being out there on the mission field, even on the local mission field, and seeing how God uses you to transform other people's lives. So I can't wait to hear testimonies from you too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, because it's, I, I think to kind of summarize, I feel like summarize this conversation, right? Um, we mm. talked about sort of your your story with uh you know finding your faith in these moments and i think it's really these moments you brought it up in the beginning big moment of change you started this mm-hmm. book because you were going through so much change in your life and mm-hmm. uh i think too like with myself like i'm going through a lot of change right now and it's like what good can we pull from mm-hmm. that what like productivity can we pull from you know a moment of chaos and mm-hmm. um, I I think that's what I'm training myself to do more uh, mm-hmm. because, yeah, in, in the midst, like I said, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of change, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot to be learned. So, <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And it really helps to uh, surround yourself with community as well so that you feel like you have support through all of these changes. Definitely. Well, and I always love to conclude by asking with this being handling it, 
Has there been a piece of advice? Maybe it's something you shared in the book that you're willing to give like a sneak peek of, or maybe it's something you haven't shared yet. And it's just been something that's really been guiding you. The point is, has there been a piece of advice that's really helped you handle your life? Mm. Yes. Yes. And, um, it does have to do with community because I have a tendency to isolate when I feel like I'm struggling too hard. I just don't have the capacity to put myself out there anymore. So the one piece of advice is to fight against your, your desire for isolation, because when you're isolated, the enemy is free to consume your thoughts and poison your joys and destroy your hopes for the future. But he does live in constant fear that one day you'll realize that you were never truly alone to begin with because Jesus had always been there, even in your darkest moments of suffering. So you are never truly alone. That's it. <laughs> ah, such like such great words to end on. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, you talk about that in the book as well of just acknowledging that uh, he is there, that, mm-hmm. that Jesus is there. And um, I just, yeah, what beautiful words to end on. Keep, you know, doing your thing. And I, I think there's mm-hmm. the, you, you have such a way with words and truly um, I, I really took a lot away from this book personally. Um, so I, I just keep doing your thing and I can't wait to see what all you continue to do. Thank you, Catherine. I'm so honored to be here. (laughs) Well, everybody, that is a wrap on our conversation with Anne. She is such a sweetheart and has such a beautiful way with her words. I'm telling you guys, this book was such a lovely read. It's out September 26th on shelves, so check it out wherever you get your books from. You can find links to the book as well as to Anne's pages, all in the episode description. Thank you to Anne so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at handlingitpodcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We are switching back to bi-weekly episodes over the next few months, so I will talk to you again in two weeks, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now, guys, and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.